as leadership of the house of what you know you, you, you a lot of times it happens it happens in everybody okay you have these burning bush experiences and encounters with God and you're good for some people weeks some people months and then you just kind of start fading back down and it's not nothing that God has done but it's the Lord is always moving forward and what happens is we get caught up in the one encounter or the and then we for weeks it's it's, it's the fire burning within us and then the fire slowly burns out because <coughs> I don't say this to because there's more of God okay you experienced him in that moment but that same experience encounter will wear off if that makes sense because there's more of him and to get more of him you can't do the same thing that encounter got you to that place it got Moses to the backside of a desert and had the counter. But if he had stayed there, he would have become, the bush would eventually burn out, grown colder and colder every day. The coals would have went away. But it called him to move on and go what God had called him to do. So we go through this in our lives spiritually because we want to, Keep the encounter of the mountaintop here when God is calling you to another mountaintop. So if we choose to stay on that mountaintop, it's going to get cold. It's going to get lonely. Even though you're on a mountaintop, it's going to get cold. It's going to get lonely because God's purpose is to take you to the next one. And to get to the next one, it requires you to trust God or have faith in God a different way. So if you've done this, you say, God, where are you? He's, he's telling you this morning, I'm on the next mountain. The same gear that got you up this one was not going to get you up that one. Take evaluation of what you have put in your pack and let God speak to you on what you need to get out of there and what you need to replace it with to help you up that mountain. Because if you need 150 feet of rope, and you don't ask God, well, God, what are you doing? How are you preparing me? Where are you taking me? And you just have 50 foot of rope from the last time. And you get to that point and you pull out your 50 feet of rope and you need 150. We have a problem. So God is asking you, when you come off that mountaintop, don't stay there. Then evaluate what is in your pack. What are you are toting? And then allow him to speak on what you need to get rid of. Get rid of that 50 feet of faith. I need you to get 150 feet of faith this time because this mountain is a little higher. If you don't get rid of the 50 foot of faith, and then you're going to find yourself stuck on that side of the mountain, not able to advance up it until you take it out and let God say, get that out. I'm here to give you more. God is always about giving you more and advancing the kingdom. So once you have that encounter and experience, you then immediately, because the mountaintops are small, you immediately, after you have that encounter and you say, Lord, I know what I'm supposed to do, have to reevaluate what's on the inside of you and allow him to start preparing you for the next one. 
Otherwise, you will get stuck, and you will sit there, and if you don't evaluate and you keep, keep relying on what you've got, you'll become stale and stagnant and eventually die there because you cannot move. That's, I don't know if that's for all of us. I believe it was. We can't come in here every week living on last week's mountain. We got to come here every week emptied out, saying, God, okay, what, are you, what do I need to fill myself with to take and do the rest of this week with or the rest to get to the next mountaintop? Does that make sense? So don't come in here complacent with 50 feet of faith and 50 feet of worship when next week he's going to say you need 120 feet of faith and you need 120 feet of worship to get us past what we got through last week. Amen? Well, I could close down right now because that was a straight word from God and I didn't have it anywhere. And it come out clear. But in, in saying that, as we've been praying, God, where have we got to? Why can't we get past the past year and a half, the experiences that we have? Yes, we have grown and we have moved, but it seemed like the past couple of months we had become hitting something, hitting something, hitting something. And as we prayed and as the Lord had been revealing to us, it's deep within the church. It's generational. It's things that, 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 that the devil had legal rights and access to us and that we have never closed down or shut the door to so that we can go further in who he is. Every time we bound it, we just bound it, but we didn't know how to get rid of it because we didn't know where it was coming from. And so it would show up. It would show up bound for that Sunday, but next Sunday it was loose because it had legal access and we're binding. God, I'm binding, I'm binding, I'm binding. Well, somehow or another it has access to be here. And that might blow some of y'all's minds. So as we prayed about that, and the Lord started revealing it was deep. It was in the roots of the church. It was in the foundations of the church. And then last Sunday, as we sat and had lunch with some people, one of them said, you know where Lot Road come from? And I said, I have no idea. And they said it was a split off of Millertown Holiness Church, which was the river. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. Did not know that. But as we are praying about this and seeking God, he's revealing these things. And I said, well, in, in prayer Monday morning, I was like, I don't know of a church split that ever happens that everybody leave a split now, not a, not a blessing, but I don't know of a split that ever happens where everybody leaves all happy. And there's no bitterness and there's no anger and there's no resentment in that. I said, what even to me would make it worse is if it split like that is we basically Lot Road started in their back door. Not five miles down the road, not ten miles down the road, not in another county, but right in their backyard, which to me is like rubbing salt on a wound. So that was revealed to me Sunday, and I prayed about it, and I said, there's, there's no coincidences in God. Your steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord. So the Lord had done set it up that Wednesday... Three days from when I got that, I'm preaching at the river where we split from. And the Lord told me, he said, go over there for if any other reason but to ask for forgiveness. 
and the blessings of that house to do what I need to do in this place. And that was the legal access the enemy had for the years, and if y'all have been around here long than me, of this going like this. Get to a point, but we didn't know what was in our pack to clean it out that the devil, we didn't know. That was there, deep-rooted in there so we could get rid of it and out so we could go on to the next mountain. So I, I went over there Wednesday night, if you missed that. And that's what I did. I stood up, asked for forgiveness of this house, and asked for the blessings of that house. And then the word says in Matthew 5 that if, if you have unforgiveness in your heart and you bring your, your gift to the altar, leave it there and go make things right. And then come back and pick your gift up and present it to the Lord. Before he says that, he is talking about anger. So if you have anger and unforgiveness in your heart, the gift that you bring to God every Sunday in, in the sacrifice of worship or in the sacrifice of this house, if there's anger or bitterness, unforgiveness in your heart, your gift is no good to God. You need to go make things right. And so I did that. And I said, God, what kind of gift can I take? What, what, what gift? What gift? And I prayed, and he spoke communion. So I went over there, and I asked Pastor RJ, I said, would you take communion for me as my gift? He said, absolutely, because that is the greatest gift of reconciliation that the world has ever been given, was the reconciliation gift of his body and his blood being broken and shed on a cross for us. So I presented that gift of communion, of reconciliation, and he took that. Well, about this time, this is what you don't know. As I knew that something was going to break off in the heavenlies, that whatever spirit that had access to run around here and cause the division and cause the offense and the bitterness to keep rooting up, and for us to not be able to get forward and go, I knew something was going to break because the kingdom of God has an order that it has to be in. If the kingdom of God is out of order, it stops the flow of the kingdom. So I knew when I did that, that it would put the kingdom of God back into order, into alignment for things to start breaking off and things that, that we found then not to have no access and then we could cast them out and away. So as I was doing that, they were having service over here in the youth. And we didn't know this. See, I want to explain it. Because I knew, and some people even in the service said they felt things break. But as we're doing that, they're over here in the youth. Olivia is, 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 is leading worship over there, and she's playing. Lord, you are holy, holy, holy. Uh, the angels cried holy. Y'all know that song. And Pastor Darrell got up to start the word, and she quit singing and just kept playing those, those, those notes over and over. Holy, holy, holy. The angels cried holy. Then she noticed, and this is the same time frame that we figured out, that I've asked for forgiveness and presented the gift. 
she heard something coming through the speakers that was somebody singing those words that she was playing. And she looked at Layla, and Layla wasn't singing, the other person who had a microphone. Layla looked at her, she wasn't singing. And they kind of look at each other and say, do you hear that? And she's like, yes, I hear it also. So they're trying to look through the room to see if anybody has a mic that would be causing these words, holy, holy, is what she is playing to come out the speakers. She makes eye contact with Tristan. Tristan says, he, he is hearing it. He says, I hear it. I hear it. Some, uh, another youth had done said they see angels in that place. Without the others knowing what's going on. So the moment forgiveness and the kingdom of God got put back in order and things broke, angels showed up over here. Took over their worship. And without anybody singing, that was what's coming through the sound. Is God, you are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. So I can tell you things have been put back into order because forgiveness and set in motion the right way puts the kingdom how it needs to operate. And the same thing applies to your life. The same thing. If you left somewhere with unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart, you throw the kingdom of God out of whack in your life. It can't flow like it needs to flow. Now, there's, there's people that you need to forgive and ask forgiveness for that you may not never would see again. They may be moved on somewhere else, may be passed away. But guess what? Forgiveness is not for them anyway. It's for you. The word I forgive you does not mean anything. The heart I forgive you means everything. So many times we speak those words, well, I forgive you. But you walk away still, if you've seen them somewhere try to avoid them or if you've seen them or anything they say you was critical of and tried to you didn't really forgive them you spoke the words but you didn't let your heart forgive them because if you really forgive them you would want them to be blessed you would want them to walk in the same blessings that you walk in so I'm saying that to say this I don't know what's going to happen around this place and this community because things have come back into alignment. So the church is in alignment now, but the people have to get there also. Because God uses the church to advance his kingdom, but who's in the church? The people. The people are the church. So we have to get rid of any unforgiveness, anything in our heart, so that God can flow like he wants to. You wonder why, speaking to somebody I feel right now, you wonder why in the past months your marriage have been going through hell? It's because somehow or another you have resented your spouse. They have done something to make you angry and you're having trouble forgiving them. And so as it flows now you're out from under the protection of the, of the anointing and God's grace in your house and your marriage has become under attack is it worth it? no forgive them the Bible says if they have done you wrong you still go and forgive them don't say 
Lord, they need to come forgive me because they've done it to me. It says, no, even if they've done it to you, you still go to them and ask for forgiveness. So if you want your, I don't know who that was for, but if you want your marriage to come back together, then you need to ask for forgiveness, real forgiveness. Not lip service forgiveness, but heart service forgiveness in your life. So things come back into order. And as I was praying about this, God spoke to me. And he said, how many years was the children of Israel in bondage to Babylon? Seventy years. Seventy years they was in captivity. They built houses there. They married there. They dwelt there. And I looked back on when the church was formed, 1950. And then I looked to the year and date that we, God sent us here. Not to say there's anything special with us, but it was 2000. 20, yeah, it was 2000, 21, 22. At the end, it was 70 years. That don't, it may not mean nothing to you. It, it, it ain't because it's me. Please don't under, misunderstand me. But God had it set up from a long time ago. Seventy years, he said, the children of Israel held captivity to Babylon. They built, they had, they done thing, they married, thing, they married, done all this there. But 70 years, they got released. Well, 70 years, the church had been established. And on the year, of the year 70, I show up, not because it's anything but me, but God ordained me to be here so that we could get past this and the revelation of God could come through to say, hey, this is what happened, and now I'm ready for this church and the body of Christ and the kingdom to be set free. Now 72 years into it. And after we've got this set back in order. He's like now it's time to repent. Because what's the first thing I ask you to do in the fast? Self-repentance and corporate repentance. That was before I knew this, this information. For us to repent as a house. Us to repent as your home. Us to repent individually. So that we can rebuild what God had already established. And Nehemiah, when he, he came back home, Nehemiah was a cupbearer in, in, the, in the house of the king. That was his job. He was in the king's house and he was a cupbearer. And he got to come back home to rebuild the temple. Something else I'll tell you. So I've shared this story before with you. Some of you don't know. Some of you do know. My mom and my dad was not Pentecostal. They were Baptists. Is there anything wrong with Baptists? No. He started singing in a singing group. And they started going to Pentecostal churches. Just so happened he started singing in a singing group with Ricky Stokely, Paul's brother. So they went to this church. Well, dad got curious. There's more to it. There's more to the Holy Spirit. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. My mom, not so much. She was skeptical. When I say Baptist, my grandpa was a missionary, Southern missionary Baptist. That, for y'all who know, that you know. 
So mom had a problem. She sat down with Brother Thompson over here back in 1982. Brother Thompson asked, told her and explained to her the baptism of the Holy Ghost and how it worked. So my mom, because of Lot Road Church of God and Brother Thompson, came in to the Pentecostal believing in tongues through this church. I did not know that. Because when we became to try out for here, to, for y'all to vote us in, we kept it secret from all our family. Because we didn't want anybody to know any outside negative, any nothing. We didn't want nobody to know. So the day we got voted in as your pastor, we left and had to go tell her mom and daddy and had to go tell my mom and daddy. And when I told her that, she was like, let me tell you this story. That's, that's why Lot Road was why I was set into motion. To even be here. Do you see how it's all lining up? Well, you, can't, you, you can't write a story or a movie like this. I came back home. Now 70 years into it. Of captivity when the church is established. I came back home. For a reason. To repent and to rebuild. What the things that was supposed to be in order. And get the house back. Not because it was me. But because like he says in Jeremiah. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I have a plan for you. I have destiny. I have purpose from you. And if you'll walk uprightly before me. I can lead you in the way I have in your life. You think that all that. you All those things. Coincidental? No. Not at all. You tell me that God's not in control. And now nothing, no weapon formed against us can prosper. Because we are under the shadow of the Almighty. We have been dwelling in His secret places. And what the enemy meant from evil from 70 years ago, now it's all turned around. All turned around. Yeah, we... Yeah. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I will set things in motion. I will cause things to come into order for such a time and season as right now. That's the reason I believe this is a pivotal ground right here that we are standing under. Because it's a ground that has now been established and set right. And it's a kingdom-minded people here that want to see the glory of God and the power of God poured out. We want to see that. So now I know that it can come and there's nothing that is hindering. Will there be battles? Yes. Will there be things we have to get through? Yes. But as long as we stay in order of, of the kingdom of God, then there's no. There's nothing. There's nothing. Tell me his ways are not higher than our ways and his thoughts are not higher than our thoughts I could go into something deeper but I don't know if y'all want to hear it if you wasn't there 
Nehemiah in chapter 1 left in the right way. And this is going to shed some light on some things that's happened in this house over the past 70 years. Nehemiah in chapter 1, he left the right way. He's seen the, the, the walls in Judah in ruins. Well, he didn't see it. He had a friend come by and he asked, how's it going back at home? He said, it's not good. The people are growing weary. The walls are not rebuilt. The temple in Ezra had been rebuilt. But the walls had not been rebuilt. This temple was built. This house was built. But the walls was never built. There was gaps in the walls. And the people grew weary. And because the walls were not rebuilt, then any enemy had legal, had free access to come and do what he wanted to here. Because the walls wasn't built. Even though the blessings of God sometimes, but the people grew weary. And you, you, the people who have been here the longest, you know that. You, you had grew weary. It's evident. But Nehemiah said, I got to go home and rebuild these walls. So he asked the king. He was in there before the king one day, and the king looked at him and said, Nehemiah, you look sick. Are you sick? He said, no, king, I'm not sick. I'm just burdened. His countenance was changed. He said, what is it, Nehemiah? He said, my people are, are distressed. They're weary. The walls have not been rebuilt. He said, I would love to go back home. And he said, okay. How long is it going to take you? Him and the queen was there. He told them, and he wrote them papers and gave them legal rights to leave that house and go rebuild the walls around that. So he had papers from the king to travel through every governor around their land. He also had papers for one of them that lived close for him to even give him the wood to help rebuild because he had the favor of the king. He left the right way. That's why I'm telling you, it's important for you in your life to leave every situation the right way. No matter how angry or how mad you are, it's important that you leave the right way because if you don't, you do not have the blessings of the king. The king wrote him papers. He went back. And there was some people there that noticed him rebuilding the walls that lived around him. try to make this quick because it's, it's going to shed a lot of light on some things. Chapter 4, Nehemiah said, but it so happened when Sanballat was one of the things, heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifice? Will they complete it one day? Will they revive the stones of the heaps of rubbish stones that are burned? So the first person we see here is Sanballat. Sanballat's name that come against Nehemiah, the first person names means strength. And it also means enemy in secret. And it also means sin has begotten. So the first person we see coming against the rebuilding of the wall is strength in secret against you.
The first person this congregation probably seen against it was somebody that had was strength and in secret that was against us. So Sanballat just started speaking. Well, this other guy named Tobiah says in verse 3, Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him. This is how the devil works. His name means Jehovah is good. But he come along beside strength and secret. Sin has begotten strength and secret. So And a lot of times you hear the enemy in secret crying out and you align yourself with the voice because God, Jehovah is just good in your life. He's not all. He's not Lord. He's not great. He's not Savior. He's not, the, the, he's not everything. So you fall into alignment with the enemy because of the words and secret that he has spoken. I told you this is kind of deep. So we have these two, Sanballat and Tobiah, coming against the rebuilding of the walls. In verse 6 it says, So we built the wall, the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. Where in start of verse 1, verse 4 said, But so it happened. In start of verse 7 it says, Now it happened. When Sanballat, we know strength and secret, and Tobiah, Jehovah is good, and the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were being, beginning to be closed, that they became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Since Lot Road didn't leave the right way, we didn't have the papers of the blessings of the king, then the enemy has come in, even though it was a good work, aligned itself, though, with strength and secret. And all these other accesses, the Amorites, the Ashdodites, also had access to what was going on here. To do what? To create confusion. I hope this is shedding some light on some, some, what, what maybe has been going on here for 70 years. To create confusion all because we didn't leave the right way. Well, who are these people? I'm glad you asked very quickly. We already know who Sambalat and Tobiah is. But we have next is the Arabs. The Arabians means mixed. Their name means mixed. And where did they come from? And they come from Hagar and Ishmael. Ishmael was the firstborn of Abraham, but he was not the chosen one. So the Arabians means mixed, come from Hagar taking things, her, her and Abraham taking things in their own hands and trying to produce something. I hope y'all hearing me. Trying to produce something and they got Ishmael. Well, that's what happened in a split. 
somebody tried to produce something and produced Ishmael, which was not the chosen, but guess what? Ishmael is still blessed. So has Lot Road experienced blessings in the past 70 years? Absolutely. Because God said, I'm going to make them a nation too. I'm going to bless them too. I'm going to do this for them too. But they left the wrong way. They tried to do it the wrong way. So we've been blessed over the years. But we have allowed, since we didn't leave the right way, we have allowed the Arabs and Ishmael to come in and we've not been blessed like we're supposed to be blessed. And then what do we see happen? Because Ishmael's in the picture. Isaac is born and a split happens. Abraham says, Isaac's sitting there actually mocking. And Sarah hears it and says, like, get rid of them. Take them. In Genesis chapter 21, verse 13. But Moses blesses them, gives them some water, gives them some bread, and says, you've got to leave. He gives them enough to sustain them. But then we find out the substances has left. And they're sitting there and the, the Ishmael is dying. Hagar lays him down underneath a tree. The Bible says Hagar walks away about a bow shots away and she starts crying out. And the angel of the Lord did not hear Hagar's cry. I want you to notice this. He heard Ishmael's cry. He heard, the angel said, I heard the lad cry out. The blessing, the seed that's also going to be a nation. I heard that cry out. And he tells him, listen, you're going to be blessed. I'm going to bless the seed. It's going to be a great nation. Now get up. And when they get up, they're at a well of water to sustain them and give them life and give them the resources they need. They're still blessed. The next person we see is the Ammonites. Ammon means tribal. Where did they come from? The root word means actually inbred. The Ammons came from, I can't, I never want to say his name, Benamiah. Who is Benamiah? He was the son of Lot and his daughter. He came from Sodom and Gomorrah gets destroyed. Lot leaves out. His wife gets killed and he goes and hides himself in a, a cave with his two daughters. His daughters sit there and they say, listen, we can't allow our name to not go on. We've got to keep it going. So they get their daddy drunk one night, and the oldest one goes in and lays with him. The next day, the next night, they do it again. The youngest goes in and lays with him. It means inbred. They have kids, and one of the kids out of this was Benamiah. So that's, what, that's where the Ammonites come from. Not only do they come from there, and I want you all to hear this. In the time of Solomon... There was an Ammonite princess of Solomon. Her name was Namah. 
She was the king, one of the Israelites' king, the chief wife and mother to Solomon's heir. To honor her, Solomon created an altar to the Ammonite god and called it Molech. Molech was the god that they sacrificed kids to. I'm trying, I hope, I hope I'm putting all this together because we didn't leave in the right way. All this has been able to operate. And I've said it before, I've never been in a house that had, has more, more, had more death in it than this one. And I wonder if we go back, because we didn't leave in the right way, this, the Ammonites who came from, a, from an inbred relationship with their father and created Benami that later come down to the princes of Solomon that he created an altar of the god Molech that was child sacrifice. If that's not why some of this had happened. And then we have the last ones, the Ashdodites. Their name means I will spoil. The Ashdodites, are known for the god Baal, or Dagon. Ashdodite is long for Ashdod as you read the temple in Dagon where we see the Philistines where they set the Ark of the Covenant got taken they set it up in the temple of Dagon because things didn't wasn't right in the house they were playing church God told them to stop your sons are going to die Eli was the priest Hophni and Phinehas was the sons they go on they get the Ark of the Covenant taken they set it in the temple of Ashdod against Dagon that's where the Ashdodites is so Dagon is their God but also Dagon is the father of Baal. Dagon means he's a god of grain, fertility. And the god, it was the god of the Philistines. I know that, I hope that's speaking to you. Also Samson, after he had been betrayed or after he had, let Delilah rule in his life, and they lock him up. When he is locked between them two pillars, actually at that time, they're having a worship service for Dagon. And God says Dagon is not the king of this house. And so he gives Samson one more strength to pull them pillars down to prove that Jehovah is God over everything. But because, because Nehemiah left right, then if you read this story, I'm, I'm going to try to close it up. But if you read this story in Nehemiah chapter 4, because Nehemiah left right and he had the papers of the king, Tobiah, Sanballat, the Ashdods, the Amorites, the Ara Arabians, all they could do was sit there and talk. You never hear about them coming through the walls that they're building on. 
You always hear about them from the other side of the wall. We're going to make war against you. We're going to come against you. You ain't even going to know it. But since Nehemiah left right and had the papers that said, I have legal access and legal rights to be here, then all those things, the only thing they could do was speak. So now that we went back last week and we made things right and got the blessings to give for their life, the things that once had access here, all those things, all the, the secret of strength, the, the just being God is good to us instead of Lord over us, to being, to being um, children, our children being sick even. We prayed, Lord, why are our children sick so much? To infertility, all these things could operate like it wanted to. But since last Wednesday night, when we stepped up and said, God, you bless us, give us the right papers. The moment that happened, the things in the heavenly broke off of this situation. Angels come down, start singing over there, and then everything else, all this other junk had to leave. And it does not have legal access or rights here to you, to this place, to your family. If you are a member and established to this body, you are operate under the covering of Yahweh of God so I'm excited that we can go forward now and the things that once had access to come through our walls does not no more oh yeah that they'll talk and they'll growl and they'll speak and they'll holler and they'll do whatever they can to draw our attention away from the work that God has put us here to do. But that's all they can do because we have the papers. The papers we have, they were signed in blood by Jesus. A redemptive paper. Guess what? You also have those papers in your life. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you if there's a situation you didn't leave right then you've left gaps in your wall that the enemy can come in and do whatever he wants to in your life. So go back, if you can, to that person. If you feel led to. Some people may not be able to go back to them people. But you need to forgive them in your heart if there's still a heart of bitterness that is there so that the blood of Jesus Christ and the papers that he paid for your life can be handed back to you and you can operate under the kingdom of God again and what he wants to happen in your life. You would stand with me. So now we have to move forward. We have to, just like they. Grab something with one hand, start building a sword in the other. And say, let's go. Then it says that because the wall was so large that they had to have a trumpet and a shofar on it. When they heard or seen anybody, we had to play, place watchmen on the wall. Our watchmen need to get back on their wall and take their stand. And then... The workers and us need to take in one hand a sword and whatever we need in the other to work and work. But when we hear the sound of a trumpet, we all come together in unity and unite and go to war. And I said the same thing. If we blow a trumpet over here, the kingdom of God operates like this. Then the river will come. 
The kingdom of God will come together. We may be apart physically, but spiritually, when we sound of alarm and we need each other, that's what the kingdom does. It rallies and comes together to defeat whatever is trying to come against us. So now every time we hear the sound of a shofar, us as the body and the kingdom of God elsewhere can come together and unite with one another and fight off and prepare the way of the Lord for his second coming. I believe that's what we're here for right now. It's for people to look at the church, the kingdom now, and say, hmm, something to that. Not to look at the kingdom and say, look at them over there the years that they've been through all the disunity and backbiting and, and talk and yada yada and no 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 this is what I believe when the kingdom is in order like it should be now this is just me and this is what I pray that if you're part of that kingdom of God the Kohad don't won't come near you I pray that it gets to this point brother bird that they look and say there's not a Christian a true Christian that is Come infected with this, have been bothered this. Psalms 91 has not come there into their dwelling place because they're lined up with the kingdom. That's what alignment looks like. We so easily get out of alignment and we allow access for the enemy in our bodies, minds, souls, everything. He has complete control. He gets a gap in our wall. He gets a gap in our wall. I'm trying to be quiet. So, Lord. What I pray that you do, and as the body of this Christ, is search your heart. If you need to go to somebody, speak to somebody, text somebody. If you can't that person, you just need to truly forgive that person. It may, may be the point that any time their name was mentioned, you felt something rise up a little bit inside of you, but they're passed on or they live somewhere else. But guess what? That's, that's a sure sign you need to forgive them. If you cannot, he said, if you can't, the Bible if you cannot forgive your brother my father which heaven will not forgive you that's how powerful forgiveness is and keeping the kingdom of God in a line that's how it is so I pray Lord right now search us oh God God that we have clean hands and a pure heart God if there's any alt against our brothers our sisters father that we have held on to in our lives God, that we will take, leave our gift here this Sunday. God, and we will take it this week. God, and go out and make things right. And then next Sunday, God, we can come back into this house and give the gift, God, of, of like it needs. And you will accept it, God. And you can do things in our lives and put things back in order in our lives spiritually, mentally, God, physically. God, you can restore, God, through forgiveness. So, God, right now, Lord, I pray the Holy Ghost search every heart. God, and speak, God, to people, God, that may be holding on into them things, some things, Father. To let those things go, Lord, in your name, God, we pray. God, in your name, God, we ask these things as we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. If you need prayer for anything, I'm going to let Philip sing a quick, quick song. I'm, if you need help, if you've got some heavy bitterness, if you need some help, we'll come together and we'll pray.